ladies and gentlemen, from our underground bunkers in Chicago, New Brunswick, and North Carolina, as the executive producer, I welcome you, Cuball Carmichael, Johnny Stewart, the host of Truthbusters. All right, thank you, Nicholas London, Johnny Stewart here. Thank you, everybody, for our second show of Truthbusters. Last week, it was uh, it, it was an actual barn burner that I, I was actually very very proud uh, with my with the captain of the the hyperbolic airplane called the Truthbusters, Cuball Carmichael, and myself as your first captain. And uh, we have an explosive, and I mean explosive, show today. Uh, hopefully, unlike last week, we will now get to the topics of the coronavirus and, of course, the democratic uh, melee that has been going on in our country the past three weeks. Uh, but but it, the explosive, absolute, groundbreaking work that myself, Cuball Carmichael, a couple of our researchers on the ground this week have weeded through that we will share with you. Again, we are here to take the supposed truth, and I'm holding quotes in the air, and giving you the actual truth. Um, uh, uh, Cuball had a great line last week off the air, um, and I'll let him say that to you. And without further ado, uh, I would like to introduce our pilot on this crazy airplane, Cuball Carmichael. Cuball, what say you? Hey, John, how are you? Yeah, I, I, I think it was something to the fact of uh, we're going to give you the truth, not their truth, or not their truth, but the truth. Right, that was it. And that's kind of what, what I love we it. decided to do with the show is to really break through the propaganda that is the press fed, fed information by state and federal government on what to print and the problem in America is people are now of the mindset that if they they read it in the newspaper they see it on CNN or they look at it on the internet it's got to be the truth and we're digging deeper than that and we're coming up with some alternative truths or at least some options to the truth to let people walk away from the show scratching their heads saying wow I never thought of that right Chris, we got an hour of, of really explosive testimony from a couple of people, but I just wanted to, to veer off for three minutes on, again, because I think this is going to be the most integral part of our programming, is picking up on things that you and I or our guests might say and, and running, running, taking the ball for a couple of minutes. You know, it's funny what you said about the Internet. You know, I, I've had people, I heard you played football at UCLA, uh, no. Well, I read it on the internet. <laughs> I mean, um, so we are going to be your eyes and ears of, of, and researching on the ground of, of, of weeding through what's, what's we think, um, with, with good research is, is truth or bullshit on the, on the internet. So, uh, Q, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is really the, the, the public service that I think, we are performing with the Truth Buster Show. Yeah, I agree with you all hard, John. I, I think that, that the problem is that, you know, it, it's always been the theory of the government to treat the American people 
uh, like mushrooms, keep them in the dark, and keep shoveling bullshit on top of them. And you know that's that's kind of <laughs> I love that. Kind of not it's not changed much. Um, if anything, it's gotten worse. It's like the vilification of certain people um, in law enforcement or the military. You know, they'll get a hold of a little piece of information, they'll take it out of context, and then they'll just start, you know, laying it into, oh, these people killed uh, an innocent village, or they dropped a smart bomb, and the other took out this terrorist, but they killed his whole family. And, you know, they like they like to focus on the, the not, not just the negative side of the news, um, but the horrible side of it. And, of course, you, you can never believe what the media is reporting you because – as previously we said, most of their information, and what do you think the White House is a press secretary? I mean, there's a reason. He wants people to believe what he tells them. So when he gives it out to the news conference at the White House, what happens? Every reporter in the country runs to publish it first. They don't verify if it's true. They don't dignify it. And they don't vet it. They just go ahead and put it out there. And it's, it's been that way consistently for a very long time. Yeah. You know, Chris, before we get into the, the coronavirus, um, I wanted to follow, I, I'd like to follow up on that too and share with our listeners a really, really brief story. If you can remember when you and I were in Pittsburgh together uh, shooting that reality show pilot and a, a producer came to town and you and I and him were in the rent-a-car and this is not our business partner, Adam. Uh, this, was a, this was a completely different producer for a different project, and for the folks out there listening, let me share the very quick story that really should send a chill through your spine. We were traveling through uh, uh, outskirts of Pittsburgh. It was it was cue ball myself and this unnamed producer, which I will not name, his anonymity, and we were talking about you know the the news the news media the news cycle. He said a couple of things, and I, I, I'd like to share that today uh, with our listeners. Number one, he claims that the downfall of of news of, of of the start of the, the the pulling the first thread out of the the woolen sweater um, was 60 minutes, and when the media and and corporations figured out how to monetize the news, meaning how to make money on the news, that really was our downfall. And now we have the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, when was Fox News started? Q uh, maybe like in 1999. I was on the O'Reilly yep. Factor back then. It was an upstart network. And you, you people, you have to understand something. It's professional wrestling. Uh, it's a de facto pro wrestling. They need stories. So every half hour, it's breaking news. The red, the red crayon on the screen, breaking news, this just breaking. Um, and, and if they don't have that, if they don't have the news story, they're going to Maybe not invent one, but they're going to goose one up. You know, they're going to they're going to window dress a pig, and, and and make it look like a Christmas goose on a platter sitting in the middle of your table. And he he was emphatic about this. You know, if we don't have something for the next 24-hour news cycle, we're going to dig it up, or we're going to get guests on, we're going to pit them against each other. And as he was talking, I looked at cue ball in the back seat. I said, it sounds like a booking meeting you know, from promoters in a rest in the world of professional wrestling. He said it was, he said wrestling or the news was just like pro wrestling, only we wore suits. So I found that really, really scary. He said another thing. 
he said another thing to Q and I that, you know, they want to scare us enough to not change the channel, but not enough to not stop buying, uh, not stop buying, not stop consuming, not stop browsing, and not stop clicking. Meaning they want to scare you enough where you don't run for the hills, so to speak, and you stay on the station and don't watch Gilligan's Islands or, uh, uh, you know, uh, 90 Day Fiance. But they don't want to scare you enough where you don't stop going to the grocery store, you don't stop going on Amazon.com, you don't stop going into the car dealership, you don't stop plopping down your credit card. Um, It's this, let me scare the heck out of you. Here's the, the exit of the, of, the, of the crazy house. It's the bright light. Oh, it's here at the carnival. Everything's fine. Go ahead and spend money. And, the, and, and Q, you could take over if, if, when I'm done and, and if I'm missing anything. The matter-of-factness, the coldness of this guy, and he was actually a very nice, intelligent man, but the coldness of it, it was like a, um, I, I don't know, it was like a, it was like a, 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 a person who was, you know, talking about an evil dictator in New York or Washington and, and just how, as we are going to try and tell you over the next weeks and months and years, just how manipulated that the media is, is, is making you. And maybe it doesn't seem on the outset as this evil, dastardly, dastardly plan, but no one thing, when you turn on Good Morning America, when you turn on MSNBC and Morning Joe and, 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 and you can name all the plethora of programs, they, are, they have designed that hour, two-hour program to titillate you, to scare you, to, you know, uh, pit one against the other, um, but, but not enough for you to go out and, you know, go spend $1,000 on your credit card. Uh, Q, if you have anything else that you can remember with that car ride or you want to fill in with that, please do so. Sure. Well, you know, it's like when you think about it this way, roll back to 19. 19- 68, you got the Vietnam conflict going on, uh, one of the worst wars that we've had. You have the IRA, uh, the Irish Republican Army I'm referring to, uh, fighting with the British, setting off bombs in Belfast and all over the place. You have those two major conflicts at their height in like 67, 68, 69. And yet you had one-hour news on three networks that could completely cover everything that was going on in the world, not just that, but everything on top of that. Just like back then, wrestling was an hour, and we waited all week to get our hour fixed to pro wrestling. And when it was over and it was done, it was great. And when the news was over and it was done, it was great. Roll forward, wrestling turns into three- or four-hour shows or a three-hour and a two-hour show. They've got to fill it with content in order to monetize it. The news had discovered, of course, in the, in the 80s and 90s of 24-hour news channels, and not just one, but two, but three, four. They figured out a way to monetize the news, just like you said. So when you figure out a way to monetize something like that, whether it be the news, you know, you had Walter Cronkite on one channel, Huntley Brinkley on another and whoever, and that covered the entire news of everything that was going on in the day. You had your hour of wrestling, which was just great. And then fast forward, and everything is marathons. It's not quantity. It's not quality. It's quantity. They want to bombard you. Not right. They want to make you scared just enough where you'll still go spend money. 
you'll still have Christmas. You'll still go into debt and go on vacation. You'll still do all these things, but you'll do them with an eye on world events that were, you know, back. I mean, it was terrible. We had, we had just as much war 30, 40 years ago as we do now. Actually, more losses right. as far as troops go, less coverage. So figure that equation out. You know, it's, it's completely, the paradigm has completely switched. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's, and it's just something for, again, our listeners and viewers to understand, take pause, take reflection, and maybe look at programming on the Internet and on TV and other media uh, sources, which is a little bit of a glint in the eye, and I think that's important that you and I have discussed that today. I, th- I really do. I want to, be, again, before we get into the coronavirus, Hugh, what do you, what you, you are, um, you have a lot of military friends. What, if anything, are they saying about the, which I think, call me stupid, um, probably a good direction where the Taliban and the United States government have basically come to a ceasefire and a secession or massive reduction in violence. Is this, are we being played? Do you think is this, is this something that, you know, enough smart bombs and enough Navy seals and green berets on you for 15 years, enough is enough. And, and do we really have the Taliban uh, acquiescing and, and, and wanting peace? What, what have you heard anything from your military contacts? Well, I, I think what has happened is war has become so acutely technical and our military is so efficient at non-ground troop wars that what we have done with the advent of drones and, and, and obviously technology, I think that okay. the Taliban has realized that they are going to get no further but they stand a tremendous chance of all of them being completely wiped out because we've seen our government take out terrorists in the last 10 years so efficiently from Osama bin Laden to any one of them that you want to name have taken them out so efficiently and so accurately that, and with all the satellites that are up and all the technology relating to that, there's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide. When there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide, you're either going to be completely wiped out or you're going to have to give concessions. And here's my thinking. I believe the leaders of every terrorist faction are not the people that are going to give their lives for their terrorist activity. I believe that they manipulated the Koran or whatever piece of religious material they wanted to to convince these foot soldiers just like the kamikaze pilots in japan that the sure, sure. The Pacific, they have convinced them that the ultimate form of uh the ultimate way into the promised land with allah whoever is going to be through death i think enough terrorist soldiers have seen that that is not the case and I think they've also seen that their leaders are not willing to sacrifice themselves. And that combined with the accuracy of our military, the precision of our military, I think there come concessions now that they want to be left alone and not be at war with us because it's a no-win situation for them. So I do believe they're making concessions. 
I do there, do yep. think that they're working towards peace. Will ultimately there be another attack? Uh, you can't. Nobody's got a crystal ball. You can't tell. Will the alertness for attacks uh, go back down from from red to orange? Probably not. We're always going to stay in that DEFCON mode, but I think that these guys are going to realize and have realized that they can't win. And all they're going to do well, is have to sacrifice themselves. Every one of them is. Every one of them seems to be incredibly wealthy because they pillage every place they're in. They got all the wealth they could ever want. So why would they want to give up their lives and their luxurious lifestyle? They don't. So I think yeah, there's concessions being made. Well, let me ask you this. He was, uh, for our listeners uh, who don't know, he was the, he was George Washington, General Colin Powell, and Mr. Rogers all rolled into one. I'm not saying he was a pacifist, of course, but he was beloved that much. How much do you think the assassination uh, a couple of weeks ago of Iranian General uh, Qasem Soleimani was Probably uh, a good motivator, so, so to speak, for oh, the yeah, Taliban to finally say, mm, "I think we need to sign on the dotted line." What, 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 what do you say? What do you do? You think that that oh, was that, the proper motivator? Was, yeah, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for them. When that happened, they realized that guess what? When they target somebody, they're never going to be safe. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, that, that's, you know, that's, I, I have never been a guy, I never have been the guy that is agreed with, as the President of the United States, you should not open communication with certain people, that it gives them legitimacy. Look, uh, 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 Kim Sung-young in, in, uh, in North Korea has probably five or six nuclear warheads. He's got legitimacy. He doesn't need uh, President Trump communicating with him to be have legitimacy. When you can wipe out 10 to 20 million people on the Korean Peninsula, you have legitimacy. Um, uh, you know, we, you know, the the capability of of of, of terrorists in in Sudan and Somalia and and in Niger and Chad and Africa, um, you know, they have credibility because they can kill large amounts of people. Do, before we get to the coronavirus, do you do you think that it's wrong for Trump to have open dialogue with with um, uh, uh, with with Kim in in North Korea or some of these other terrorist organizations that he is being um, uh, you know faulted for in the media for opening his dialogue? Certainly, that was not Richard Nixon's belief. You know, having a closed door and he opened China. And uh, communication with Russia got us SALT-1 and SALT-2, the nuclear um, disarmament treaties. Do you think that's a good strategy or not? Is it, does it give credibility to dictators or not? In twenty year 2020, tremendous tactics, and it's tremendously responsible to the people of the world, of all nations and all lands, for the President of the United States to create as much peace as he possibly can and to ensure the safety of not just Americans, not just the military, but the people of the free world, because we have always been the guy who would come to the aid of the little guy. We would come into Vietnam and try to take out the North Vietnamese because of what they were doing to their own people. 
were the people that went into Korea to do the same thing. So I think that right. having an agreement with any group that's going to preserve lives is an intelligent and incredibly humanitarian thing to do. You know, and I'll tell you, we had no relationship whatsoever with, with Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is in Korea until Trump got into office. Legitimately, is a world power that could nuke a land and wipe out tens of thousands of people. So I think the number one goal right. of a good president is the preservation of life, not just in our country, but all over the world. With that being said, I think that Trump is making the right moves to preserve lives and ensure, you know, a family in a foreign land who barely can keep a roof over their head and put food on the table doesn't have to worry about being completely wiped out along with everybody else in their fellow land because we wanted to play hardball with somebody who's got access to weapons of mass destruction. So I think it's a great move. Um, because I believe, as a police officer, my number one job is a preservation of life. And I believe of that, that should be the number one job of any political person out there uh, all over the world who's in control, preservation of lives. Yeah, I, I understand, you know, geopolitically, you want to freeze someone's assets. You want to squeeze them, bring them to the, bring them to the bargaining table. Nixon did it with bombing. Uh, with Operation Linebacker 1 and 2. I get it. But when you freeze assets, when you uh, uh, quarantine, so to speak, food shipments to countries like North Korea, uh, Kim Jong-un is still going to eat, and he's going to eat very well. It's the people that you're basically starving out. And I never understood, and we're going to move on from here, but I never understood uh, backing a ruthless dictator with, nuke, with weapons of mass proliferation, backing that person into a corner, how that ever, how the, you know, how that would ever solve or, or mediate a problem or, or, or into peace that I never understood that. Probably never. It, you know, so, it's kind of like drilling, drilling titanium with a titanium bit. If you put too much pressure on it, the bit's going to overheat and snap. If you don't put enough pressure on it, it's not going to make a hole in it. You got to oil a little bit, and you got to back it out a little bit, and you got to know just when to do it. And that's exactly the strategy of any military leader, and he is the chief, chief commander in chief of any military leader or intelligent um, president, dictator of any country, is when you have somebody in a position. You have to put just enough pressure on them to get cooperation, but you also got to know when to back it off. And if you do too much, it's going to blow up in your face. So you got it's it's really, right. you know. And we've always said the president of the United States is the toughest job in the world. And even though in the last in my lifetime there's been a couple of presidents in that I didn't necessarily vote for because of the commander in chief of the United States military, and I come from a military family. I've always supported them because they were the commander in chief. By support them, I mean I've never put any negative stuff out there. It just so happens that I obviously am a Republican, but I'm a little little conservative, not you know not not radically. But I think that if you have a president that's in power and he's creating jobs and he's making peace with the world, he's going in the right direction. 
Absolutely. How do you come up with these sayings like the titanium drill bit? You're like the greatest co-host on the planet Earth, dude. <laughs> Thanks. I, I just have the natural ability to relate <laughs> to certain things. You do. And it's like my wife you, said, she said, you do. we'll sit there with Jeopardy's on and I'll answer 20, 25 questions right and, and get final Jeopardy. She's like, why don't you go on, why don't you go on there? I go, because I probably go on there. I didn't want to answer all of them, including the ones that I don't know. I just remain quiet. I know I'm one of those guys that knows a little about a lot of things, but not a lot about too many things. Right. right. I, I, don't, I think that's great. I, I, I love your your. Uh, I'm sure I speak for all of our listeners. I, I love your little uh, your little quotes and quirks and 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 uh, and uh, more more morals of the story and and advice. So I, I, I appreciate that. Okay, uh, cue ball. I um, I spent the whole week. I know you have too. A couple of our our researchers, Will the intern, who by the way has disappeared today, um, going over and combing as much information as uh, we we can. Um, it is really actually, you know, knowing that we are fathers and family men, and and um, you know, we're not out in the middle of the hinterland. Very scary what we are about to discuss, what I have uncovered, um, not by myself I'm not, I'm, or, or you, uh, uh, but what we have sifted through uh, the minutia of, of fear porn. Here's one thing that's happening out there, and, and, and shame on me for not realizing this for the past 10 years. Folks, you know, people put out these sensational stories to scare the crap out of you that Armageddon is coming, and then at the end of the article, it's well. Here's the the website to buy your store. You know your your long term freeze dried food. You have people out there telling you that gold is going to rise to twenty five thousand dollars an ounce, and you figure out that they are own websites that sell gold and silver. So again, we do our homework here at Truthbusters. That's something you need to. I hope you can appreciate. Um, sure. I'll, so here I'll, is I'll little, what, uh, I'll, I'll what we have found. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. I'm sorry. I was going to tell you a little story about that is I met a guy who was uh, a prepper, a firm believer that there was going to be a complete downfall of, of government and social society, and it was going to be every man for himself. Do you know what he did for a living? What? He sold life insurance. <laughs> of course. True story. I found it a little hard to believe his radical belief and his job of ensuring in 30 years your family will have enough to live on when you're gone. (laughs) Right. Uh, Carry on, sir. I I just throw that in before I forgot it. No, no, no. It's true. I mean, I'm scrolling down and I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is, I know what they say when they say fear porn. It's, you know, it's, you know, they're trying to scare the crap out of you to have you buy something. So um, let me get back it's to you here. Um, it's a new way of marketing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Well, I want to tell you who we got our information from. Uh, I think people will be impressed. I think credibility. Um, I'm going to read off his bio very quickly. I don't think I need to go. Any further of telling you who we've actually found, um, as far as a one of the top of the pyramid in, in the chain of experts on 
bio warfare and viruses. Uh, Dr. Professor Francis Boyle, he uh, is a professor from the uh, University of Illinois. Uh, he was responsible for drafting the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 89. He wrote the freaking law, okay, which was adopted into world law, uh, American Implementing Legislation for Biological Weapons Convention. Uh, he was on the board of directors for Amnesty International in Bosnia, Herzegovina to the World Court. He served as a legal uh, advisor to Palestinian de delegation in Middle East peace negotiations. In 2007, he, he delivered the Bertrand Russell Peace Lectures. Again, teaches at the University of Illinois, holds a Doctor of Law, Magna Cum Laude, a PhD in political science at Harvard University. And he is one of the foremost experts in biological warfare. And I am going to tell you, read you, um, what he has discovered. Uh, again, he didn't even come up with this. This is stuff that he found in his research that's out there for us to even to come across. And um, the smoking gun of all of this, uh, folks, is that the coronavirus came out of a BSL-4 facility, a biosafety lab facility level four. Um, and you could hear Dr. Senator Cotton saying uh, the same thing this week. Again, this is not hidden knowledge. I didn't, you know, Q and I didn't, you know, uh, turn over the, 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 the laws of international conspiracy to find this out. Um, uh, this was actually talked about in, in the Senate this week. And, and basically in conclusion, before we start to digest this minutia and talk about it and, and, and whatnot, is that the, um, that the, the 2019 coronavirus is a biological weapon, okay? And it was purchased by Chinese, and, uh, you know, uh, folks, I hope you're sitting down, purchased by the Chinese in 2014 and 15 from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, that has a BSL-3 facility on their on their um, their campus. Um, biologically, could you, DNA could genetically you engineered. Go ahead. Could you just repeat that last uh, couple lines where the Chinese purchased it from? And I will read. Beautiful. Oh, boy. I, 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 again, here's another sorry, second episode, and I'm shaking again like last week because I get so upset and, and, and nervous and scared. Um, and pe for people who don't know you, I've seen that out of you physically in person, so it's 100% true. Yeah. John will get so worked yeah, up no, over I'm something not. to get so pissed off that yeah. it's like crazy. Right. Go ahead. No and the people here from the University of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, um, it was found out by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Um, I, I I'm, I'm going to have a uh, that it was purchased by Zheng Li Shi, Key Laboratory of Special Pathogens and Biosafety, where the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Chinese Academy of Science, Sciences, Wuhan, China. Purchased by a bio-warfare bio lab. Folks, I'm not saying that the University of North Carolina knew what they were going to do with this, with this virus. This does happen all the time. I read that the Canadian BSL-4 facility in Winnipeg 
which I heard is the horror of horrors, worse than Area 51 or Groom Lake, Nevada, uh, the, the, the stuff that we will talk about in future weeks and months with the genetic testing that's going on there and the, and the Hall of Horrors that is going on there, sold to the, the, the Biosafety Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, literally, literally three blocks from the wet market where they sold live animals is this biowarfare laboratory. My, 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 my. Wow. And um, I'm reading down here, uh, you know, and, and, and Dr. Boyles goes on record saying, I, you know, I, I acknowledge that the natural, uh, National Natural Science Foundation of China Award, in other words, the scientists from University of North Carolina, although they didn't know it was going to be released as a, or accidentally released as a bio uh, weapon, took dirty money from China to allow one of their top biowarfare experts from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan. And they knew, and this, Dr. Boyle says they knew exactly what they were doing. And they permitted the Chinese scientists to work, work, to work with them and to give them function of the biowarfare DNA capability to SARS. This is important. There are, there are um, academia and professors from India who are speaking out on, uh, 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 on, on the internet, who have published papers. People believe it are professors from the University of China who, are, who, are, who have published papers, despite the, 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 the socialist control of the Chinese government, that this is basically a SARS-type virus. And they have seen now the benchmarks or the, the insertion marks in the coronavirus, where they have inserted these DNA markers to specifically target Asian, uh, uh, Asian Homo sapiens, and and then the next level of of of, of uh, lethality would be um, called um, uh, people from in, from India, and they gave it a technical term. I'm sorry, there was so much information. That we were we were we were coming to uh, this whole week, and then and it was kind of actually like this funny quote. The doctor said, "The safest people on earth are white male white Homo sapiens from Utah." I I, I don't even know, and he was serious. Um, so here is this bio weapon that is was purchased from the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, and and genetically manipulated um, to act as to act as this this virulent bioweapon that they're saying now Q, um, um, uh, Q, I did not talk to you about this part they are saying now that the incubation is tw- might be 24 to 35 days and that the, the the infected person although not symptomatic um, can can infect well, starting day five all the way until day 30. That if you get cured of this, you have another, you also have a higher reinfection rate. The reinfection rate has a 75% chance of giving, giving you a heart attack and killing you. This is, they, you know, and folks, if you want to roll your eyes, if you want to think that, that the Truth Busters and Cue Ball Carmichael and Johnny Stewart are trying to get ratings and listeners, um, I call bullshit. Folks, you do not quarantine 
a city of 14 million people, okay, if this was the flu virus. They are shutting down major swaths of, of geographic and, and, and populated cities all over China. Uh, Hugh can talk about this further than me, the Chinese economy, which was, you know, which was the, 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 the Wizard of Oz behind the Green Curtain built on a, a foundation of eggshells. Um, the Chinese economy sits on top of this economic pyramid peak. Uh, in a five-mile-an-hour wind can blow it over. There is no way they are going. They are going to. They are have to crash the economy to to quarantine hundreds of millions of people from not going to work, from not producing goods goods that are being shipped to places like America. And this is going to crash the Chinese economy. You are not going to crash your economy, crash the yuan, which is their their dollar, and you are not going to keep. 100, 200 million people in lockdown, if you do not know for a fact that this was a bio-warfare, this is a bio-warfare warfare weapon that just might be the ushering in the apocalypse. And I say that with my children upstairs in their bedrooms and my wife in the house, and, you know, we are looking possibly um, at an apocalyptic event. And, and there is nothing that tells me anything different. You don't close major cities unless you know for sure that you are holding on to, uh, you know, you have the, the apocalyptic four horsemen in the, in the hands of the Chinese government. Hugh, what say you? Well, I say you don't have airlines like Air France and ones to follow that shut down all traffic in and out of China with the exception of medical professionals. And my thing is that when I first heard of this and, I heard the story everybody else heard, okay? I heard that it happened in the Wuhan fish market. Now, I don't know whether you know it, but I deal with Chinese suppliers all day long. I don't import anything from China yet, but I talk to them on a regular basis because there may be the day where I cannot get my products made here for a reasonable price. But I will tell you this, 55% of all sales on Amazon come from people like myself. 54, 54% of those people import all their products to a site called Alibaba from China. So you tell me now when they free shipment, who that's going to hurt, number one. Well, well Q, can I, can I stop you for one second? Of course. Being that my father and I were Alibaba stockholders, still are, is this going to crash the Alibaba stock quickly? Can you answer that? I believe, I believe it's going to devastate it. Now, yeah. keep in mind, yeah. Alibaba is is the the economy of Alibaba is more solid than the economy of China because it's being imported by people from the U.S. Some of Amazon's own own goods come from China, so now you've got eighty four percent of all things sold on, on Amazon that are sourced in China. I think Alibaba is financially secure enough to recover from this. And if not, they'll be called India right. Baba because, you know, you can also get things sourced in Pakistan and India on Alibaba. It's not just China. You get it from Japan. China is their major major company they deal with. But I think what they're going to do is figure out a way where goods can be imported in a container and be sanitized or treated so they won't be, you know, if it's something that can be treated, it will be. 
for instance, if it's a Kydex gun holster, which is impervious, they spray that with disinfectant, and it wouldn't make any difference in the performance of it. But I think who it's going to hurt, really, ultimately, is the small business guy selling on Amazon. I don't source anything from China right now. And it just so happens that I made a choice to source products in the USA, although one of the major products that I sourced the first time that I got a shipment of it, I noticed the parts made and manufactured in China. So that's going to hurt. But you think about it for a second. If this is, has a global impact just on the import importation of goods from China to the U.S., 84% of the sales on Amazon come from products made manufactured in China. How bad is that going to hurt that business? Look at the trickle-down effect here. Okay, we've got the Chinese economy, but as much money that flows through Amazon.com every day, imagine if 84% of that income dried up and went away. It would affect Amazon right. stockholders just as well. I do so believe all you have is we all know. Right. You know, you know what, you know my stock know. theory, right? No, you know my ahead. stock. My stock theory, John, is no, if it drives it, if it drives it from twelve dollars a share to a dollar fifty, buy more because <laughs> it'll always come back. But well, you, know, you shut it back. The, we're in. We're, you the, know, people are sitting in, uh, you know, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, the middle of Santa Fe, New Mexico, saying it's never going to touch me. That might be true for now. However, what it's going to touch is the global economy. And, exactly. and uh, a former United States senator, which will remain nameless, has a, uh, almost an ap- apocalyptic nightmare every day, and I'm being metaphoric, of course, that of course. if China does not have the money in their economy, if their economy crashes, they won't be able to buy T-bills, folks. We fund the United States government every day by selling our interest on our debt. If no one buys our debt, it, 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 it's game over. Is it not, Q? Q? It, it's, it's yeah, well, if the United States goes down, there goes yeah. the entire global economy. So you don't have we to will, die and go to your we'll neighbor's either. funeral to, to have it affect you. No, we'll, we'll go back to the gold standard or the euro before we'll, before we'll stay with the dollar. This, this is going to be, and this is what I don't think people understand. This has, let, let's not count the, the deaths, unfortunately, from this virus. Let's count the financial global impact of this virus on two, just two, two major countries, the U.S. and China. How massive, how massive of, of a global impact would that be? Well, I, 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 it, it, it shudders to think because it's going to affect everything from cars to computers to phone to precious metal. We get so much of our precious metals from China. Now, now, don't tell me that you don't care about precious metals because you've already bought your wife a diamond ring. I'm talking about palladium, lithium, um, other, miner- other elements and minerals. Uh, and precious metals that go into making your iPhone, your Tesla automobile, that run your computers, that run the robotics at, on the factories in China and America. You are talking about a domino effect that, uh, frankly, uh, Q, I think will take 
20 years to recover from. But you, you know more than me. You, you know, you, you're, you've been in the, the market and, 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 you know, you're, you're an expert in globalization. And, but I think this is going to take, if, it, if, it, if this kills 50 million people, which experts are saying is going, uh, that, that's a low, low count, I think it's going to destroy the global market for 20 years. Oh yeah, it's going to have a definite impact for for at least the next twenty years. And you know, the the, the one thing that that I always learned as an investor was to carry twenty percent of your financial portfolio in 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 a odd fund called gold, because if gold becomes the money that's used, gold will go from fifteen hundred dollars an ounce to fifteen thousand dollars an ounce. I don't think that's going to happen. I, an incredible financial toll on not just the U.S. and China, but Canada. I mean, the whole free world. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the U.S. Is a, is a bigger market than Australia. It's a bigger market than Canada. It's a bigger market than New Zealand. It's a bigger market than, than, than a lot of other countries. But the point is, all these major countries, import something or parts to make something from China. So this yeah. this is going to be yep. huge. And, you know, I, I don't know if I told you, but the second I heard about the virus in the fish market, I did look up and find that there was a level four super lab in Wuhan, not more than maybe four miles from the fish market. And I saw my wife and I texted that earlier today. I told her two weeks ago, three, two and a half weeks ago, whatever, I said, first off, the Chinese have been lying to us about how bad it is, number one, because they don't want to have that global impact financially happen any sooner than it is, number one. And number two, I guarantee this is not a virus from fish because people have been buying and selling fish for hundreds and hundreds of years, and there's never been a virus or not. So I knew this had come from some type of lab. I was really had my eyes wide open when you when we had talked earlier about where it came from and how it got there. Right. Right. My other explanation was there you know, and, and this is what I was explaining to my wife. I said, You gotta understand, this could have been something they were using for an antidote or for a vaccine that they were working on that got carried out of the lab. Because China is so dense with people and so dense with travelers from all over the world every day it's the perfect breeding ground for any type of not quite done vaccine that creates a virus or any virus that escapes or anything to be spread around the world in just a couple short weeks. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm reading further in that article. It says from the, what they wrote, the experts, their DNA genetically engineered virus gained in pathogenesis which is a gain of function. They admit it. Pathogenesis means the lethality infectiousness of what we know that has. The lethality, they're saying, is 15%, and that it's got an HIV virus component. Now, I know, I know a lot of viruses I've read that do have that. Q, can I say one last thing before we wrap up this, this topic? In the bottom of the article, written by the, the professors in China, it says in a footnote, the original cells were originally obtained from Fort Detrick. Folks, anybody doesn't know, Fort Detrick is the, the main biolab BSL-4 facility for the United States government. So 
game over. We we caught yeah. you. It's out there, and 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 God bless us all. I I mean that sincerely. Yeah, I, I you know I I pray for uh, uh, the rapid, and I know the CDC is working on it right now, uh, along with medical professionals around the globe for a vaccine for this. They're 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 rapidly working right. on this vaccine. It's the number one priority in the medical field from the research standpoint uh, ever been got one group searching for a, a certain vaccine for a certain virus. I don't think it's ever been as big as it is now. My confidence lies right. in these medical and bio research uh, professionals from around the world to come up with in a very short period of time a vaccine that will be able to be given out in, in mass quantities to inoculate other people from around the world so we can do one major thing, which is the preservation of life, as they stated earlier, but also um, to ensure that as fast as we can get rid of this, global trade can resume. And, you know, I don't think, I'll tell you, it hurt a lot of people this year. Um, The the whole tariff deal with China hurt a lot of people. There were a lot of business. Just the rumor of it. afford a lot of business. People started sourcing inside the U.S. Uh, for a lot of things that they got from China. And what you're going to see is that prices are going to go through the roof for consumer goods. If this thing gets out of hand and they can't come up with a vaccine, you know, your Sanyo television that was 318 bucks is now going to be $818. So it's going to have to be built in the United States of America. So, you know, ultimately, right. what, could and will this bring more jobs to the U.S.? I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to. I think the global impact economically is going to be so devastating that there isn't even going to be room for that. But I'm just worried well, about. Well, sure. You... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I'm just concerned for the people of the world because you know ultimately we're all we're all one race. We're the human race. And you don't want to see sick children or sick elderly. And from what I understand, this is really taking a toll on the elderly and taking a toll on small children when they get it. The average guy like you or me or Nick could probably survive through this. But we're we're large Caucasian men, you know. Unfortunately, the world is filled with small children and elderly people. So I'm praying that they get the vaccine done. They get it out to kids first, elderly second. And then the rest of us last, but you know, I I have no or no news of any development in a vaccine that even shows progress at this point. No, nor nor, nor have I. And uh, you know, I, I'll make one statement, and I'll and I'll ask you one a yes or no question. The the, the you're right. The CEO is not going to start a manufacturing plant to start building the TVs from China in the United States because he's going to realize the economy has been ruined in the United States. Nobody's got money to buy him enough mass quantity to make a new factory and pump up production lines to make it financially viable. And the stock market collapsing, Q, you know, there's seven or eight states out there. The, the public sector pensions are, again, on that, on that what I said before earlier, on that tip of that pyramid, a, a light breeze is going to blow, blow them off. The Chicago Fire Department pension is circling the drain. Back of the envelope math for the Chicago police 
this New Jersey public sector pensions, uh, one tick down of the stock market. It's, it's game over, and that really scares me. But let me let me wrap up this before we quickly get to, to, to politics and, and end the show. Yes or no? Do you think the Chinese government or elements in the Chinese government have released this as a biowarfare weapon to uh, for whatever reason? Yes or no? No. Okay. All right. I don't either, because I don't think you're going to quarantine cities if you release it on yourself. You're just going to kind of take a laissez-faire approach and, and let everybody die in some kind of bizarre, be-apocalyptic movie. So very scary. I want to tell all our listeners, Cuball, uh, first of all, thank you. I know you and you had about three other people researching this with you this week. I want to thank all everyone that helped me, too. Um, can't do it alone. Uh, we will obviously obviously keep up with this story keep informing you the listeners of the truth buster podcast and any and any development so we uh got and, a few minutes and left and um rest go ahead, assured go ahead, go ahead, john rest assured if there are any updates we will do a special edition of truth busters and get it out to the people absolutely absolutely okay let's go to now uh, another important topic the presidential uh, race the Democratic. Um, absolutely, when I see the Democratic anything, any of the Democratic presidential candidates or the caucuses or the primaries in the news, I start playing like the Benny Hill or the Keystone Cops music. You know, the it's it's um it's a nice distraction from the terror that's going on in Asia. Um, Bernie Sanders seems to be running away with it. Um, I've been imitating Bernie all week. I'm making my wife absolutely crazy. But uh, <laughs> uh, what what is your take on the whole thing? I mean, I don't understand. You know, I ran for governor. I ran for Congress. Q, maybe you can um, uh, maybe you can illuminate us a, a little bit better. What is your take? The Democrats don't seem to want Bernie in, um, yet he's running away with the race. What, what is your take on all that? Well, you know, it, listen, they never wanted Bernie Sanders to be in any race anyway because he's a nonconformist. Okay? He's, he's, he's more, of, more of a socialist-minded person, and I understand the reason right. why he is. There. It's, it's all economic is what it is. Um, and I think that he – the reason that he is the front runner is because a couple things happen. Number one is, you know, they, they kind of pushed him out of the way in the last couple of elections. Uh, and number two, if you look at the Democratic witch hunt of Donald Trump, the biggest feather in the cap of the Republican Party was the attempt to impeach a president for not doing anything else, focusing their entire effort for the last three years on impeachment instead of focusing their effort on talking topics, talking uh, jobs, talking economy talking world trade they instead put all their effort into impeaching trump thinking that that was going to actually happen they vilified themselves hillary's been vilified pelosi i mean if you look at this it's done nothing but slide votes towards donald trump or away from somebody they want in office because we know the democratic party had a plan to put somebody in office but they were sure Trump was going to get impeached. So that got put on the back burner. 
And that's why Bernie Sanders is running away with it right now is because anybody that they could have possibly brought as a candidate was involved in some way or fashion with this witch hunt to impeach Trump. And they tainted themselves to the American public because the thing that yeah, they did. Bernie, do, Bernie did your, that, that's really interesting. You, you are, you're correct. If I may just uh, interrupt for one second. Yeah. Bernie to some degree, to a large degree has kind of, you know, politically floated above the fray and I'm Bernie Sanders and I'm going to pay for your health care, your college. So that, that's a really interesting statement. Why don't the democratic national party and insiders want Bernie? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I think quite simply they don't want him because he's not the type of guy that's going to bend down and listen to the rest of the democratics in some form of office and do exactly what they want to do. He's going to do what's best for the country. All Bernie's ever wanted to do is what's best for the American people. And we know that typically most political parties are focused on themselves and cronyism. So they're worried about them and theirs. And Bernie didn't jump on board with this like all the other uh, Democrats. He, he, like he said, he kind of flew under the radar on it, uh, didn't come out and, and humiliate himself. Uh, because it didn't happen, but so many of them have just, the thing I think they did is they underestimated the intelligence of the American people, which you never underestimate anyone's intelligence. The first time you do that, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass, and it's exactly what has happened. All the Americans that saw Nancy Pelosi tear up the, the State of the Union address, I mean, that just showed an absolute lack of class and respect. Because let me tell you something. When the commander-in-chief of the President of the United States, no matter who, or, who he or she is, hands the Speaker of the House, who in case people don't know, if the President and Vice President both went down, they're never together, but if they were both assassinated, she would have become, become the President of the United States. They saw a person that was third in power in this country. I'll tell you why. That's an address. To the American public When you take that And you tear that up Forget about it being a legal fallible document Or anything like that I'm not even going to get into that But when you tear that up On world television It totally Makes you look like a 13 year old schoolgirl Who's mad at her boyfriend And tearing up the love note He wrote him three weeks she, He wrote her three weeks before Until she found out he had another girlfriend It was just so classless Oh, yeah. She handed she handed the Republican Party the 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 the, the election that night. I I really believe that. Yep, I, I agree. I said the same thing. I said the exact same thing to my wife. I said she just gave Trump another four years in office, probably by a relative yep. landslide. No question. No question, because the American people are too smart to pull that wool over. Get that wool pulled over their eyes. They just really are. You you just got to understand that there are retired military in this country. There are officers and firemen that serve their communities that ultimately show respect in every situation, and they see this person third in power in the United States of America do a completely unrehensible act of just disgust. The American people are smart enough to know that that party does not represent a party that they want to put in office or in control of their country. 
No, can you can you can you can you put yourself? Uh, you're a cop in South Philly, you know, in 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 literally a war zone. You know, you're you know you're you're a, a, a electrical worker for ComEd in Illinois, perched on top of an icy thirty foot pole. Uh, you know, you're you're this uh, working mom that's taking care of four or five kids, working two jobs. You know, everyone at their wits end, and you've got. Nancy Pelosi tearing up and making literally a mockery of, of, of the State of the Union. And I, and I will quote Dennis Miller, because I would have loved to come up with this, but Dennis Miller has the greatest line about Nancy Pelosi that when she talks, he shakes his head back and forth so violently that he could blend paint colors in his mouth. And I think that's just, that's just that, that sums up. I mean, she, I mean, look, I hold a degree in counseling psychology, but I also hold a degree in street bullshit. I am telling you, I'm a 53-year-old male that's done it all. You are looking at a woman who is batshit crazy. Well, as a 59-year-old man, I would completely agree with you. She came across as a, a complete lunatic when she did that. I mean, a complete in yeah. utter lunatic. And is yeah. there any chance um, in hell do you want anybody like her or from her party running this country? The answer is no. Well, it was the biggest It's what the factory worker must ask himself. It's what you and I ask, ask himself, the American people. This is it? The, 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 out of the 325 million people in America, this is who is the third person in charge. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is a. It's an. It's a. It's a reflection of us in the mirror, and the American people don't like the reflection. And that says nothing to do whether she's a Democrat or Republican. She is an no. insult to this country, to the to the men and women that died for this country, to everyone that works their ass off in this country, everyone that does the bake sales the PTA meetings, that drives the truck for 18 hours. She is an, an absolute insult to every human being in this country. I'll tell you, I live in a small conservative North Carolina town, and every day they stand up in their classroom, they put their hand over their heart, and they say the Pledge of Allegiance. You think of every American that goes to a baseball, a hockey, a football, a basketball game, college, or high school or pros in this country every year that stands up and when they when they play the national anthem, you think of every veteran who hangs a flag out front, every person who has a flag out front, every person that celebrates Veterans Day and Memorial Day and the 4th of July, every major holiday based on American independence or the veterans of this country, you think how every one of those couple hundred, 250 million Americans felt like when they re-saw that replay, saw it live, or or got a little blurb of it. I mean, it actually, you know, it, 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 when I saw it, it, it both enraged me and made me sick out of the map. Right. Right. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. Let me um... – it's oh god, I, I I have to shake my head also to kind of to like clear my brain of of like the Nancy Pelosi fog. Q, we did not. I'm going to ask you something here. I want you to think about this, but I'm going to ask you. 
I'm going to jump you like you're in an alley and I'm a mugger. Um, but this isn't a gotcha question. I, we have not talked about this. And I think this is kind of cool. We should do this to one another. But I want to get you. I want to get your. I want to get your intake um, on what I'm about to ask you. Bernie Sanders tells college kids that they're going to. He's going to make college education free, and he he then follows it up with, you know, how can they tell me that we can't afford free or subsidized college education? When we're building, and I'm not against the military, I don't, and I don't think Bernie is, when we're building a 16th aircraft carrier strike force, not, we've got 15, we, 25 most powerful people in the countries in the world, 24 our allies, we're building the 16th aircraft carrier strike force at $450 billion dollars. You've got a B-1 bomber for $35 billion sitting on, or I'm sorry, $3 billion sitting on a tarmac in Kansas, uh, just sitting there. Wow. I'm sorry. Illuminate. Yeah. What do you, it, it, he makes a good it. point. You, we are, are spending you? money on, on, on military instead of educating our people, our, our, our young folks. I, I don't know. What, what is your take well, on that? I'm going, I'm going to take the two sides of that and play devil's advocate. When the economy has been the strongest in the U.S., defense spending has been the highest. Because the defense spending to build that carrier and demand that carrier, you realize how many jobs and how many more enlistments they need to be able to fund the building, how many subcontractors got a part of that, how many, how many sure. military people, the staff of it how many of their families and, and, and their dependents are going to eat because of that. That is a massive undertaking that does nothing but put jobs in America and money in people's pockets. On the other side of that coin, my, the, most, the biggest umbrage that I take with that is that we have kids in the United States of America who, when they're going to school, the only meal they get that day is their lunch at school. We have kids in Appalachia. We have kids all over the country in economically depressed and impoverished area like Detroit. Kids who don't have enough to eat because there's not enough jobs for their parents. So for me, my first goal is, look, people have been paying for college educations for 50 years. They'll continue to pay for them. Would I like it to be free? Yes. But I would like it to be free after every child in America is getting three meals a day. You know, if Nick, if Nick London right now had, like, the applause button, we'd be pressing it right now. Amen to that. No, you know, he not you, you put men on Mars, you put people in the International Space Station, and you can't feed a, a black child in Detroit. Makes me sick to my stomach. So, you, you, know. can't, you, can't, you can't feed a white kid in the old coal mines of West Virginia. It, it really has nothing to do yeah. with color. It's about the impoverishment in America. You know, we have Right now, over over 500,000 homeless military veterans. You tell me how you can have a man sign up, do four years in the military, gets out, can't get a job, ends up homeless, maybe because he chose his MOS as, as an infantryman, man, and there's no job right. for that once you get out. I don't know. But the point being is 
when somebody can serve one term in Congress or retire with a full pension, why cannot you get these veterans off the street and into some kind of home and feed these people and take care of them? And there's tens of thousands of them self-medicating every day. Every single day, 13 U.S. veterans commit suicide in this country. Every single day. Since we've been talking, two people have. So that happens every day. So until you can take care of, A, number one, the kids first, the veterans second, you should not be doing anything that puts a drain on the U.S. economy until that is accomplished. Do I believe in defense spending? Absolutely. Do I believe in prioritizing human life? A hundred percent. Feed the kids. Don't feed the kids of another country until you feed the kids in this country. I'm sorry, but that's the way I feel. It's a sad and tragic situation with the veterans in the street, the veterans committing suicide, the kids going hungry, the elderly are working out. When you go to McDonald's and you see that 75-year-old lady cleaning the tables, She's not there for the sheer enjoyment of it. She needs the money to be able to live. Absolutely. It's yep. a, it's a, the U.S. is in the saddest situation with hungry kids, the elderly having to work until they die, and homeless veterans and veteran suicide than I've ever seen. It's a plague. It's a plague. But, you know, and my, my thing with this is <clears> – <throat> Those B-1 bombers that had to be built to set on a tarmac, that 16th ship that does not need to be, especially an aircraft carrier, they have 5,000 people aboard those until it's a floating city. Until the kids are fed, the veterans are taken care of, there shouldn't be any extra spending. But the problem is they're the silent majority. Those kids can't speak out. They can't go to Congress and get on the floor and address Congress. They can't get to the state legislature. They can't. The veterans that are homeless, they've tried to the VA, go to the VA and get help. And you know what the VA says? We're backed up right now. Let's see, it's February. We can get you in in May. That is not going to help that person today. Could not, so, could not have said it better. I, I think we should end the show on that. I really do. Uh, you, 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 as always, make an eloquent case for whatever you're talking about and, and I know we all appreciate that I do too well I think it was a great show John. Well, I appreciate all your hard research and your researchers into the coronavirus I think you put it right out there for the American people to digest and, and take, take whatever conclusion they want to take from this but what we have done tonight is again is we didn't bring you their truth we brought you the truth busters truth the real truth Amen. This is Johnny Stewart for Q-Ball Carmichael, our producer in Canada, Nick London, Will Jones, the intern, and every all the producers and field associates that helped us research this week. This is Johnny Stewart and Q-Ball Carmichael for another edition of the Truth Busters. Join us next week at the same time.